Good morning, church family. Good morning to those who are joining us online as well. It's good to be with you today. This morning, we are going to uh, jump into a very practical message, one that I, I hope contains a clear call that we are to bring glory to Christ. I know that as we touch on a subject that uh, in some ways can be quite sensitive, I want to do so carefully. Uh, I want us to look at the topic of physical health, to look and see what does God's Word say about it, how can it bring us guidance and direction, at times correction, but also to, to see that, that uh, there is aspects of physical life that, that bring us uh, great, uh, great struggle. Uh, when we think about uh, disease and we think about injury, uh, sickness, and so forth, particularly in a, in a time where we uh, have faced the aftermath and continue to deal with the struggles of a pandemic, I know that, that touching on physical health right now may be in some ways a very sensitive subject. But I'll have to admit, I don't think I have ever preached a message on physical health. And maybe you've not ever heard one. And so I, I think that as we consider the series that we're in, that it is an important one. And in fact, as I said in uh, the first week of the series, that these different topics that we'll be looking at, some will impact us more than others. And this could be one that for some of us is one that we really need to give attention to. And so I pray that it's uh, something that we can look to God's Word and that we can find guidance in. Uh, in fact, uh, the name of the series is Made to Flourish, Finding Wholeness in All of Life. And, uh, and I do believe that, that God uh, has created our lives in a way where, where we can flourish and that He wants our physical health to flourish. Uh, not to say that it always happens. Again, we, we, we don't want to be misunderstood into thinking that there is a, a, a message of, of, of uh, the, the health and wealth prosperity message that always guarantees that everything's going to be great. We know that's not the case, and particularly that's not always the case with our physical health. But there is guidance from God's Word for us to give attention to. And as we think about the, the entire theme of made to flourish, uh, we are coming at it with the idea that, that God has given us the idea of shalom, the, the understanding that He has created a world where we long to find wholeness and well-being. And, uh, and it's not wrong to want that and to, to desire that. In fact, uh, when we think about our physical health, that's one topic that we spend a lot of time praying about. When we look at, our, at the prayer requests that come in each, each week, a lot of them deal with physical health because we have this God-given desire to be made whole. And when things aren't working right and we're struggling and, and we're not feeling well, it impacts all of life. And so we, we approach a topic like this with sensitivity and yet also with an understanding that, that God does have a word for us. We'll be looking at many topics in this series. We've already looked at spiritual health and emotional health. And in the coming weeks, Lord willing, we will look at financial health, relational health, and vocational health. And so I pray that, that, uh, that these will be uh, an encouragement to you as we, uh, as we think about each one. As I said in, in the first week of our message, shalom, the, the, the Hebrew word that sometimes is translated peace, uh, is, is, a, is a word that at times is used as a greeting in, in, in expressing a desire that someone be at peace or that they be whole, that they find uh, well-being in life. And, and this, is, uh, this is a sentiment that we have even towards one another. I, I, I came across 
what the Apostle John wrote to a friend named Gaius in the little book of 3 John. And look at what he said in verse 2. He said, Dear friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and are in good health, just as your whole life is going well. That's a desire. It doesn't mean that it always happens. We understand that. We live in a broken world. Uh, But this is that God-given desire that even John has for a friend that he loves. He says that in in verse 1, that he loves his friend Gaius, and he's longing for this. So this is a a God-given desire, that life is in order, that we can flourish in different aspects and components of life. Uh, Again, uh, we know that this world is under the curse of sin, and uh, we, we will experience times of sickness and hardship and struggle and injury and so forth. But, uh, but may we take some time today to consider what God's Word has to say about our physical health. And may we find some, some uh, guidance here for us today. As Stephanie indicated uh, earlier, our culture is certainly fixated upon physical health. Uh, it is obsessed with appearance. Uh, and so we have that on one side that is, that is an extreme that's not healthy. And in fact, it's turned into uh, a very judgmental perspective and body shaming and all these kinds of things that are just completely, uh, completely wrong. And so we, we see that coming out of our culture. But yet we can also see that, that within the culture that we live in, there's, there's at the same time uh, practices for healthy living that are commonly neglected. And so we can see, we can see both extremes, can't we? So for the follower of Christ, how are we to understand our calling to care for our bodies when both extremes are present? One extreme being caring too much to obsession or idolatry, and one extreme to to not caring at all and just kind of giving up on, on caring for our physical health. How do we navigate and balance this? I want us to see today that the Bible does address our physical lives. And while it doesn't promise us that we will always have good health, we can see that there is a way in which we're called to care for ourselves. So let's begin with a foundational point. I'm going to give you four this morning, and I think uh, along the way we're going to look at about nine different passages of Scripture that you might want to jot down if this is a subject that you want to come back to and, and consider again. But here's the first point. God designed you and gave you life. It all comes from Him. We are created by God. We are created in His image. And so the life that you and I, the lives that you and I have, they are a gift from God. And so today, as we come to worship, one thing that we can do is we can thank God for another day of life, can't we? We can thank Him for the opportunity to worship Him today, to live for Him. It is a gift, and I think one that that sometimes we don't fully appreciate. Now, I thought about today taking the angle that, that this could really be a stewardship message. You know what stewardship is? When, when you manage something that belongs to someone else. And when we think about life, we realize that our lives are in God's hands, that, that our lives belong to Him. And so in many ways, the idea of being a steward is not just stewarding resources and finances, but also to steward the, the, the bodies, the life that God has given to us. I'd like for us to read from Psalm 139. It's a passage that we oftentimes consider when we think of sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Uh, 
In fact, uh, just this last week, the March for Life took place in Washington, D.C., and we certainly value and, and, and honor the sanctity of the human life in the womb. But this passage also speaks to us beyond that, to the, to the life that God has created. Psalm 139, verse 13, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Look at the perspective of the psalmist, just to, to start by saying, God, my life was created by you. My life is in your hands. You, you see the days before me. You see the days that are behind me, the days in which I was knit together. So as we think about this understanding of, of God creating, we, we realize that stewardship does make sense. Life is a precious gift, and it's one that we should appropriately value. So have you considered recently how to steward your body in, in light of what God has given? Let me give you another verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Now, this idea of workmanship is, is, a, is an interesting word. It, it is sometimes translated uh, handiwork. Sometimes it's workmanship. I think one translation picked the word masterpiece, and it, it comes from uh, the Greek word poema, from which we get the word poem thinking about a poet making, creating a, a work that's described as a, as a poem. And so have you thought about your life as the handiwork of God, the masterpiece of God, that he created you, that he's given you life? Some of us need to, to hear that today, not in a way that in, inflates us, but, but gives us a proper recognition of what has been entrusted to us, what has been given to us. Just think about that word poema. If God made you intentionally and thoughtfully, don't you think that what we do with our physical bodies matter to him? We're not, again, promised good health at all times. I realize that, and some of us have, have had reminders of that at, in greater degrees than others, and so I, I want to be very sensitive to that. But we also know that there are times that we can promote good health through a healthy lifestyle. And so that's the aspect today that I, that I want us to, to consider and to think about. We know that we, that we have bodies that wear out. In fact, I, I read through a little bit of Romans 8 this last week, just reminding that, that, that all of creation is groaning, and part of that creation is what? It's our bodies, right? We groan from, from, uh, from, from injury or from sickness, from illness. We know that, that uh, particularly as we age, that things don't work like they used to, and things don't heal as fast as they used to. You may remember I had a, had a uh, uh, little cast on my arm from an accident that I had this last fall, and, and uh, man, I was just hurting all over. My, my shoulder hurt. My ankle hurt. My elbow hurt. My thumb, which was broken, it hurt. I mean, it was just all over, right? It took a long time to get to feeling better. In fact, I still don't know if my thumb is quite what it was. 
And that's just that, that Romans 8 understanding that our, that our bodies, yes, even though they were designed for flourishing, they've been impacted by the fall. And they groan, don't they? Literally at times. And they cry out longing to be restored. And we know that in the gospel, uh, we will ultimately see that restoration. But our bodies do break down. They get sick. We get viruses, right? We think about COVID and so forth. But I also want us to know that some, listen to me, some of our physical sufferings happen at times because we have not cared for ourselves in a way that promotes health. And I, I think that's important for us to recognize because God has given us wisdom about how to care for our bodies, just as he's given us wisdom on how to care for our finances and how to care for relationships. He's also caused us, or given us information to allow us to know how to care for ourselves. Again, we see the element of stewardship at work. And certain lifestyle choices can be made that will impact one's physical health. So this leads to the second point. You are called to honor God with your body. So if we see that life is a gift from God, God made us, one of the responses, the appropriate response is to honor God with our bodies. As we think about stewardship, I want us to notice that we're called to take personal responsibility in a way to, to care for ourselves. And so I want to mention and, and read the, the passage that, that Stephanie alluded to earlier from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, in the context, it's speaking of sexual immorality. But there are some broader principles here that, that not only encourage us to, to be aware of the dangers of sexual immorality, but just in general, that, that, that our bodies are from God and that we can use them in a way to bring him honor. 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 19. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Now, this is a, this is a fundamental understanding of, of, of what we have in terms of the possession of our bodies, that they are, they're not to be idols. That's, that's the one extreme we mentioned. But they are to be a temple in the sense that God's Spirit resides within them. We think back to Old Testament times, where did God's spirit reside? Where did God's spirit come down into the, the physical temple? But in the days of Jesus and beyond, it, it was different. God said, I'm giving you my, Christ said, I'm giving you my spirit. And he will be the paraclete, the, the one called alongside to help. He will live within you to be a comforter, to be a counselor. And so Paul is making the connection here that, that if indeed the Spirit of God resides within our bodies, isn't that a reason to care for them? Just as they would have cared for an Old Testament temple, right? They would have said, hey, this is an, an important place because this is where the Spirit of God dwells, that Paul is saying, look, when it comes to how you care for your body, remember that God dwells there. And again, in the context of sexual immorality, saying don't unite your body where the Holy Spirit dwells in immorality and, and so forth. That's what, that's what the chapter or that, that section is about. But it, it certainly has connections here for us as well and how we should care for our bodies. Again, on one hand, there can be idolatry uh, where the, the physical appearance is idolized. Uh, that is certainly not glorifying to God. 
Um, the other extreme is to neglect our bodies, to not give attention to a healthy lifestyle. But look again before we move to another verse at the way that this, that this passage ends. So glorify God with your body. Glorify God. And I think that gives a, a healthy understanding to not be on either of those two extremes, but to say, Lord, you've given me life. You've given me this body. How can I honor you? How can I glorify you with what you have given me? It's interesting that 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, reminds us that even in the mundane, most basic parts of life, we can honor God. Look at what it says. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Now, this may seem like an extreme statement. Glorify God and what we eat. But think about it. We live in a culture that idolizes food. It is very possible for us to not glorify God in the way we approach food. And yet here we have a verse that says that we can honor and glorify God even in those decisions. So again, thinking about stewardship, we might ask if we're honoring God in the way we use the money he has entrusted to us. But we see we can also ask if we are honoring God with the life, the health, the body which he has entrusted to us. And to do so gives us opportunity like we see in Romans chapter 12. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So what is Paul getting at here? He's saying, look, use your lives, not just the the one part of your life that, that might show up to a worship service, right? Or have uh, a time in the, in the morning in a, in a personal devotional time. Not, not just that aspect, but all of life, including your bodies, give them as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, as we, as we think about this, it's, a, it's really a call. It's a call that, that we are to, to heed and to, to affirm. It's connected to the way in which we worship God, that everything we do is we, that we, that we, that we are, have an opportunity to give back to Him. Maybe you can see the connection here. When you care for your physical health and you offer your body to the Lord, you are in a better position for Him to work through you. Look at, at uh, if, if you were to look at the rest of chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, do you remember what the emphasis is on? The emphasis is on serving other people. And so Paul is, has made a connection here with the, with the spiritual to the physical. And then he continues to write and says, look, now use your life, use your bodies to serve God and to serve others. And when we, when we care for our physical health, it gives us even greater opportunity to do those very things. And so again, some motivation found in Romans chapter 12. Well, God has given us life. He has called us to honor Him with our bodies. Here's the third point. Identify temptations and strongholds that negatively impact your health. And for us, we each have those. 
There are, there are directions we can go. There are excesses we can take that, that when we look at it, we realize this isn't healthy. This isn't something that's going to help me to glorify God in my body. This isn't something that's going to that's gonna prolong my ability to, to be able to serve him and to serve others. And so by being able to identify those is certainly important. I read a testimony, part of one, from a pastor in New York City by the name of Carrick Thomas. And he had a, a struggle to care for his physical health. He had, he had difficulty in making choices that promoted a healthy lifestyle. And here's how he described a doctor's appointment that he had while he was in his 30s. Listen to what he writes, and I quote, my blood pressure was through the roof. And those were the doctor's words, not mine. My cholesterol was in the danger zone. I'll never forget, my doctor looked me in the eyes and said, Carrick, if you don't do something, if you don't make some changes, I believe you're going to have a major heart event in your 40s. Now, does that sound like a wake-up call? And some of us have, have heard words like that from from, from a doctor, from one who, who is, is helping us care for our physical health. He goes on to say this, and I quote, I couldn't keep treating the body that God had given me the way that I had been treating it. I knew that for me, this wasn't just a physical issue, but this was a spiritual issue as well. And so, I began to make some changes so that I could live a healthier life. So, what was Carrick doing? Obviously, he was, he was hearing a wake-up call, but he was listening to it. And he began to take note of the strongholds and the temptations for him personally that were allowing him or promoting uh, him to live an unhealthy life. But I also don't want to miss this. Do you see how he made the connection between his physical life and his spiritual life? Very similar to what we've read earlier. If the goal is to honor God with our bodies, we must identify those things which are preventing us from achieving the goal. And again, next week, Lord willing, talking about financial health, we'll, we could make a very similar statement, couldn't we? That God has given us principles and there's, there's goals out there that we want to achieve for God's glory and for His purpose. What are the things that keep us from that? Identify them, right? Well, we can do that with our physical health as well. Now, I used in the, in the point here the word stronghold. Is it still up there? Identify temptations and strongholds. Oh, let me just ask, what other word could have we used instead of stronghold? Addiction, yeah. What else? How about another word that starts with S? Sin, right? Is there an aspect of this which can be sin? I think, I think there is. And so, again, when we recognize what God has called us to do and then we neglect it, um, that, that is indeed a struggle with sin. Let me be real clear. We can talk about the sin that's out there, can't we? I mean, we could get together and we could just have a barn burner of a sermon about some of the things going on in the world today, couldn't we? We could talk about hatred and anger and all kinds of stuff out there. But then it gets really close and personal if we start talking about like things like gossip, right? Like, okay, wait a minute. That, that, 
Let's have, let's have the focus out there when it comes to sin, not in here, right? Uh, we could do the same when we talk about idolatry, the idols of the world. You know, again, we could, we could really get, get ramped up about that. But what about if we're not talking about the idolatry out there, but we're talking about the gluttony in here? See, gluttony is a sin. And so it's, it's, it's not one that we talk about a whole lot, but again, it's one that we have to recognize as something that can prevent us from achieving the goal of honoring God. It's always easier for us to identify the sins in the world or the sins in the lives of others than it is the ones in our own lives. So that's the temptation. That's the stronghold. That's the sin. Let me ask you, what is it that might be holding you back from honoring God with your physical life? Is it eating too much? Is it eating too much of the wrong things? Maybe for some, it's not what you eat, but it's a lifestyle, a sedentary lifestyle of inactivity, which is also something that has profoundly negative impacts on one's physical health. For some, it's excessive drinking or maybe smoking. Maybe it's a sexual sin that impacts the body. Each of these strongholds, each of these temptations can keep us from honoring God. And yet, just like anything else, if we choose to take the path of honoring God, you know what happens? It's good for us too. It's good for us. We find a blessing. There is well-being for us when we follow his path and say, Lord, I want you to be honored. I want you to be glorified. And yet in his economy, somehow there's even a blessing there that we receive as well. And we know it's not easy, particularly when we think about temptations and struggles and strongholds. I'm reminded of what Jesus told the disciples when he wanted them to, to stay awake and pray. Remember what he said in Matthew 26? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. And here's a principle that he gives us. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Would you agree with that? I know I would say, so yes, the flesh is weak. Sometimes in my mind and in my spirit, I want to do what's right. I want to resist something or I want to partake in a, in a, in a choice and an activity that I know is, is what I need. And yet, in the end, I can give up. So as we consider the design for a life that flourishes, there are some choices that we need to make today. There are some choices that, that, that we need to make because we are not flourishing in the way God had designed because of other choices that we've already made. And so being able to square up and, and take a, a real look at that is important. There's a pastor in California named Shane Eidelman. And he has written, uh, he's even written a, a book about physical health and how it relates to one's spiritual health. Let me give you a couple of quotes from him. Here's his first one. He says, the physical health of our body definitely plays a role in our overall health, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Taking care of the one body that God has given us is wise stewardship. According to many experts, many diseases are preventable through proper nutrition and exercise. To suggest that health should not be a priority is to suggest that God isn't concerned with this area. So that's some food for thought, right? Some things to think about as we recognize how much of a value do we place on our physical well-being. And I do want to speak to our young people for just a minute as well. 
young people that are with us watching or who will be in the second service. Um, I want to speak to them for a minute because young people today are, are making decisions, even when they're young, about the trajectory of their health in the future. There, there, are, there are habits, there are, there are choices that are made that will affect you when you are older. And I have a feeling if we were to have a testimony hour right now, we could have people that are a little further down the path, such as me to the young people, right, and others that, that could be uh, to this as well, that could stand up and say, boy, do I wish I had not gotten into these particular traps, whether it be with, with food, whether it be with alcohol, whether it be with nicotine. Uh, today, right now, such a, a resurgence in the use of marijuana. All of these have very critical uh, impacts upon one's life. And, and some of these decisions that are being made as a young person are really setting that course for down the road. And so I, I, I hope that our young people, even while they have their, their, their wonderful metabolisms and all kinds of energy and, and so forth, that they'll also stop and say, wait a minute, I want to honor God with my body. And I want to make decisions, even set, uh, decisions related to sexuality and, and otherwise, that, that, that will really benefit in being able to glorify God and benefit my overall health. But I also want to tell our young people, to not obsess over your appearance. For we live in the age of social media, and the Instagram image is so overvalued right now that, uh, that our young people are, are really up against an epidemic when it comes to body image and body shaming. And I just want to say, that is not of the Lord. And that's not what I'm talking about today. Those are two totally different things. I'm, I'm talking about honoring God in a way that's healthy. And the world out there is shaming and, and, and using body image in a way that's, that's really tantamount to idolatry. And so I just want to give a word of caution to our young people to, to not get caught up in that. I know it's so hard because it's prevalent and it's 24-7. Uh, but in some cases, there are some apps that just need to probably be deleted from the phone because they're just not, they're just not ushering in the right way to think about the world or about God or even ourselves. And so um, that might have been a bit of a rabbit trail, but I just, I just want you to know that in this idea of physical health, there's so many different things that, that we are up against right now. Um, I hope you've taken down the Scripture passages. Let them lead you in developing a perspective on your own physical health and well-being. Well, the final point today is really a call to action. and. Uh, the fourth one is this, develop personal action steps that move you closer to better health, okay? You know, a message like this couldn't end without some call to action, right? The motivation is what? To bring glory to God, okay? That's, that's the motivation. But we know that when we make these decisions, they will indeed bring about, at times, a personal blessing for us as well. I... Uh, I know that the idea of personal action steps isn't always something that's connected to healthy living. I read a, about uh, a new name for a popular type of clothing in America. In fact, I think it's a whole new category of clothing called athleisure. Anybody heard of the athleisure wear? You can probably think of some of the brands and, and some of the price tags that go along with this idea of athleisure. Have anybody heard, anybody heard of that? 
It's, it's, a, it's a market that brings in over $100 billion of apparel in America, athleisure. With all that athletic apparel flying off the shelves or being delivered in little brown boxes to your front door, you would think that our nation has seen a surge in working out, wouldn't you? I mean, if we're buying all this athletic wear, you would just assume that we must be more active and energetic than ever, right? Wrong. Because most of this clothing is just what you could call aspirational, right? Um, let me explain. The sales of workout clothing has increased 10 times, Ten, a tenfold increase in the sale of athletic clothing. But can I ask you, do you think the workout classes have seen that kind of increase? Yeah, no, I don't think so. All the different classes and, and, and opportunities to exercise have not increased and kept up with the demand for the athleisure. So apparently, we like the workout look. We just don't like the workouts, right? All right, so what's my final point about <laughs> action steps? Don't just buy the clothes, right? Come up with some action steps that will actually move you toward better health. Let me give you another quote from Shane Eidelman. He said, we have more fitness centers, more personal trainers, more books and more articles written about fitness than ever before, yet health-related illnesses and problems caused from poor nutrition and obesity are increasing at an alarming rate. We pray for healing, but often neglect the primary cause of disease, poor health. So does he bring up a fair point? Is this something that we can consider. We know that physical health is a concern, and yet there's also a call to action that must accompany the prayers that we give. Listen to 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, for the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. Excuse me, now that's a verse that I could have used a couple of weeks ago, and saying, this is a spiritual health, right? We need to focus on spiritual growth. And we could have just ignored the first half. Because it does say something very clear. Actually, it says two things. One, that the spiritual life is more important than the physical life. Spiritual health is more important than physical health. But what else does it say? It does say there is some value in physical health, doesn't it? In fact, one of the translations uh, uses that very phrase, that physical training is of some value. I think that's the NIV. So while we don't want to elevate it, we also don't want to neglect it. For some of us, the action step may be a conversation with our physician. Maybe it's a conversation with a health consultant or a nutritionist. Maybe it's a conversation with a personal trainer because there's so many different aspects of, of physical health that it may be different people that we need to be speaking with. But for some of us, we kind of have ideas where we need to start, right? Let me give some. We can think about the food we consume. Um, we are a junk food nation, and our, our store shelves are filled with food that has no nutritional value, but filled with additives that are just not healthy. We're certainly becoming more uh, uh, aware of foods that have we found within our own food chain, things like pesticides and herbicides and hormones and preservatives. 
these all have an impact on our health. We've become more aware of the dangers of things like sugar and even artificial sweeteners. Uh, some would recommend that we should not consume food that is heavily processed. In fact, one health consultant says, if it wasn't here 100 years ago, it's probably best not to eat it. Think about that. A key for some of us is just even understanding how much we're consuming. And so there are, there are tools out there to help us even understand how many calories are we eating? Uh, how, how many calories are in a particular item that we're choosing to eat? And, uh, and so there's, again, there's, there's apps that can help keep track of that just to keep things properly balanced. I'd also just say that from, from my own opinion here, I think that the most people are dehydrated. I don't think we drink nearly enough water. And so there could be an action step to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be intentional to drink water. Not all these other drinks that are at my disposal, but to actually drink water. Maybe start off with a, with a, with a goal, 60 ounces or something like that. Maybe if you're trying to lose weight, more than 60 ounces of water. Uh, I just think that, that many, many aspects, headaches and, and uh, body aches and so forth, a lot of these are related to the fact that we just don't drink the water that God's given to us. Um, for some, the healthy goal may be that you're not getting enough sleep, and that's also important for one's health. We can, we can live in such a fast-charged, fast-paced, fast-moving world that we just don't take the time to properly let our bodies rest. For others, maybe the action steps need to be literal steps, okay? Uh, maybe you find yourself in a very sedentary lifestyle, uh, and in fact, there's been quite an emphasis in recent years about trying to get in how many steps a day? 10,000, right? I mean, we've got these things we wear on our wrists and on our phones that try to help us see how many steps have we taken. And you may be curious, why 10,000? Well, it's based upon a study that said those people who get 10,000 steps a day have rates, well, when you compare that group to the sedentary group of people who don't get that much, there is a significant reduction in heart attacks, cancer rates, type 2, di type 2 diabetes, and rates of stroke. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we get 10,000 steps in regularly and, and uh, uh, consistently, that we're going to avoid all those things. We know we live in a Romans 8 fallen world. There aren't guarantees, but God has given us information. And he's even worked through the skills of people in the generation that we're living in that we can have understanding on how to properly care for our bodies. Well, let me conclude. I know we've covered a lot of ground, and there's probably many areas that I haven't even touched on. I know it's a broad topic. It's, uh, it's certainly not a message, listen to me, for us to beat ourselves up. It's not a message for us to, to, to have regret and shame. It's not a message that's going to give us ammunition to judge other people. No, that's not what the message is about. The message is about us looking at our own lives, looking at our own walk with God, and seeing how best we can glorify Him in every area. There is hope here, and that we do see that God cares for our well-being, that He has given us this calling of stewardship, and He's also given us principles to assist us. And in making these efforts, I pray that God would be honored in the lives we live and in the choices that we make. And may he bless these efforts so that we will have further opportunities both to serve him and to serve 
the world around us. And that we can do so until that day comes in which he will transform these earthly bodies into the likeness of his glorious body. Read Philippians 3. It's encouraging. Won't that be a great day to say goodbye to these broken, worn-out bodies, our lives that have been afflicted by stress and injury, disease and decay. But until that day comes, may we take seriously the call to honor God with our bodies. And until that day comes, may he find us actively wanting to serve him, to serve one another, and serve the world around us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And once again, we are struck that your word is just so comprehensive, that you have, you have given us instruction on so many different areas of life. And God, I pray that you will use your word today, that you will apply it. You'll take the principles that we have gleaned today and, and allow us to, to, to not be comfortable with the idea of just being hearers. But Lord, help us to be doers of your word. Help us, Lord, to have a, a change of heart and a change of mind in the, in the strongholds and the struggles that we face. Lord, may we, may we pray to you just as you encourage the disciples to pray. Because, Lord, we admit our flesh indeed is weak and we need your help. God, help us to be encouragers to one another, to live for you, to glorify you in every area of life, including our physical health. Lord, may you lift up anyone that's discouraged today. May you draw near by the power of your spirit to, to uphold them, to help them to, to see that you are, you are near, that you are with them. And God, I pray that, that above all things, that the name of Jesus Christ has been lifted high today. And Lord, that if there are any among us today that don't know him as Savior, that this could be a day, even in a subject such as this, that Lord, you could draw those individuals to yourself. We pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said.